Welcome to Madison City Channel's Know Your Candidates interviews, co-sponsored by the League of Women Voters of Dane County. I'm your moderator, Michael Rosenberg, and I would like to introduce the candidates for Madison Common Council District 16, Denise DeMarb and Tiffany Tobias. To begin with, you have three minutes to give an opening statement, which answers the following question. What educational, vocational, or civic experience do you have which qualifies you for this office, and why are you running for Madison Common Council? Denise, we'll start with you. Okay, thank you. Well, first I'd like to thank you, Michael, and the League for co-sponsoring this event and giving us the opportunity to speak. Um, I'm the sitting alder. I've been working for two years, and I think that that qualifies me to continue to work. Um, I've been working hard and with a lot of integrity and honesty, and that came from my folks, and that's how I was raised. My dad was career Air Force, and my mom um, worked right alongside of him, and after he was out of the Air Force, he continued to serve, and so we grew up knowing that we needed to serve and to give back to our communities and also to give to those less fortunate. I started a business with my dad, and um, so I understand the um, trials and tribulations of cash flow and payroll, and also the great pride it is in um, running a successful business and working with your dad. But due to poor health, we had to close his poor health. We had to close that business, and then I went back to school. So I was a returning adult, and I graduated with a degree in accountancy and went to work after that in public accounting for five years and asked to be on the small and medium business team because, again, I wanted to be able to give and make them stronger. After that, I um, spent about 20 years in the private sector and with Trek Bicycle and left Trek about four years ago, about four years ago, it'll be four years this summer, to... Um, I stepped back from my career. While I was at Trek, I worked again with small businesses with their dealers and then later um, opening up subsidiaries and strengthening the subsidiary business that we had around the world. Once I left Trek, I decided to go to graduate school, and I went to Edgewood College um, for their sustainability leadership program, and that was really a life-changing event for me because I finally understood how you take the ecology aspect of sustainability, the fiscal responsibility of sustainability, and marry it in with social equity. And how you, where they come together, that's where you're sustainable, that's where you have resilience. And so I brought all of that to council. Um, why I want to do this? Because I was raised to give back because I was raised to help those less fortunate and those in need. And that's what I've been doing for two years. I'm also doing this. I love the city I live in, and I have grandchildren. And I want to live in this city and provide a better city for them to grow up in and raise their families. Thank you. Thank you. Tiffany, same question. 
Well, I grew up in Green Bay, Wisconsin, um, with my mother and father and my brother. I actually came to Madison the first time when I was 15 years old. We came down to State Street because my mom was uh, getting remarried and she was looking for a unique wedding dress. So definitely the place to be, come down to State, State Street and visit Madison. I realized at that point that I wanted to live in Madison. I wanted to be a part of the community. I remember the energy that I felt the first time I came to Madison. So the quickest way to get there was to come to college. I came to the university here at UW-Madison. After, after that, I started working with the Wisconsin State Journal. Um, I worked with local businesses here in the Madison and Dane County area on building a better business, getting their message out to their community and their customers. I went from working with the Wisconsin State Journal to actually working for their parent company and traveling across the country working with small business owners. How do they get their brand messaging out? And so I really got an understanding of the struggles that the small businesses and all different types of communities go get in front of. Um, I traveled for 11 years with the company, and I, started, I ended up purchasing a home on the east side of Madison. So I started um, working for myself in real estate. The advantage that I think I have coming from the real estate end of things is that I work with the, the community and the constituents on a, a weekly and daily basis. Seven days a week, my job is to sell Madison. I really am selling the viability of Madison, the exciting part of Madison. So I hear a lot of positive things, but I also get to hear some of the negative things, and I get to hear some of the concerns that our neighborhoods have, You know, whether that be blighted businesses in their area, that how is that going to affect their property value, or whether it be they can't find, you know, jobs, family-supporting jobs that are going to give them the opportunity to have that American dream and purchase a home. I um, am the vice president of my neighborhood association. I love to volunteer. I've um, worked with Porchlight. I've worked with Building Homes with Habitat for Humanity. And uh, I chose to run this year because I want to be more plugged into my community, I feel that I can be a voice for the residents and the people that I surround myself with. Thank you. The next set of questions will be two minutes each. We will alternate, as I said, and we'll start with Tiffany. The first question is, what one issue involving your district resident needs do you want to be a particular advocate for, and what will you propose as a solution or solutions? I think in District 16, we have a variety of different neighborhoods. Um, one of the issues that I can remember, um, actually, just about a year ago, going to a uh, event that the police officers held, it talked about, you know, communication, how important communication was in all of our neighborhoods and how the communication and just surrounding yourself and knowing the nine people that live closest to you, how that can prevent so many um, negative things from happening in your community. And one of those big things, obviously, is being safety. I think that we have some neighborhoods that uh, absolutely know their neighbors. They've been, they've been living in their households for 21-plus years, um, even more so than that. We have some neighborhoods that are somewhat new, and they don't really know their neighbors around them. So I think communication is obviously um, something that I would love to continue to work on, as well as uh, knowing some of the upcoming um, impending projects that are either happening within our district or surrounding our district and how we can make sure that our neighbors uh, absolutely 
know what's happening. They're familiar. We're communicating to them and the businesses in the area as well. Thank you. Uh, Denise, do you need the question back again? Could you please? Sure. What one issue involving your district resident needs do you want to be a particular advocate for, mm -hmm. and what will you propose as a solution or solutions? Sure. Um, well, it's difficult to think of one issue in particular because I'm working on so many issues with so many different residents right now. But what I hear from my constituents the most is um, probably in the realm of safety. And I want to first of all say that Southeast Madison's safe. You know, we, we do really well. I work hand in hand with the police officers and um, Captain Schaff at the East Side uh, Police District. So we, we have a safe, we have safe neighborhoods. So I wanted to make that clear. But I get, there's many different aspects of safety. You can have um, safety just in the, in the neighborhoods with traffic. I hear a lot about traffic. And, um, so I work with the departments downtown on traffic calming. There's getting their kids to school safely. So we're talking about crossing guards. There's, I mean, actual safety within our neighborhoods, you know, because there is some crime. And so residents are most concerned about safety. So I guess that's what I would pick as the number one issue um, because that's what I hear about. Crossing guard at Buckeye was again due this year to be um, taken away. Every year those parents um, have to go to bat to get their crossing guard. So I went to bat with them, and I also asked the Ped Bite com Committee to redo uh, and, and take a really solid look at the um, criteria for that, and they are doing that. So I work on safety with constituents all the time in many different ways. Thank you. Thank you. Next question. We'll keep with My you. Turn. Your turn. Okay. Dane County Executive Joe Parisi has come out with specific measures to work on the intertwined issues of poverty and racial disparities. Mm -hmm. What do you see as the role for city council on these issues, and what specific measures do you support to assist in this regard? Do you have any other ideas for the city to deal with these problems? Sure. Uh, the city has its own initiatives on racial disparity and poverty, and that's really what we're talking about. Um, what, six months into office, I sponsored and championed the resolution on um, social equity in the city, and that was adopted by council widely. And since that time, and there's been a work group established, and since that time, um, throughout the city, there's been initiatives to do different things on racial equity and um, poverty. The city is currently working on many aspects of poverty, um, and I specifically am working on transportation. Um, it's definitely an equity issue, and early childhood education and care. Because to me, you know, besides stabilizing parents and households and lodging, we need to be able to get at the kids and, um, and make sure that there's early brain development is taking place and they're able to um, have good quality care. So um, the city's doing lots of stuff, and I'm doing lots of stuff, and it's a very important issue. And I uh, applaud 
um, County Exec Parisi for bringing his initiatives forward. Thank you. Do you need me to repeat the I question? Thank you. Dane County Executive Joe Parisi has come out with specific measures to work on the intertwined issues of poverty and racial disparities. What do you see as the role for the City Council on these issues, and what specific measures do you support to assist in this regard? Do you have other ideas for the City to deal with these problems? I think um, based on some of the initiatives that he is rolling out, one of the things that I feel is probably number one is the idea of um, poverty being linked to a driver's license. I think that was one of the, um, the points that he made in a recent article talking about the fact that, you know, we have an issue with minorities having the capability of having the funds in order to actually take the driver's license class. I think it's about $450 now to actually go in and take the driver's class and and get your driver's license. And that, unfortunately, is directly related to employment in our community. And most of the time you have to have a driver's license in order to apply for jobs. In, and I think back to when I went to school, and that was part of our curriculum. I mean, you know, we, we took classes, you know, on a daily basis. We got our driver's license as we were in high school. So I really support the, his initiative on, you know, putting those that funds, I think it was um, $25,000 um, towards, uh, having that opportunity for those kids um, in that poverty level to attain a driver's license. I also think it's important that we don't separate the city and county. I think it's important that we work together because when we are under fiscal constraints, it makes sense that we work together on all of these initiatives um, so that we're not wasteful. Thank you. Thank and you. we'll stay with you. And speaking of fiscal constraints, how are you preparing to be part of the council grappling with the ramifications for the city of the governor's budget proposals, assuming much of it will be passed by the state legislature? All right. <laughs> Can you repeat the question for me? Sure. How are you preparing to be a part of the council grappling with the ramifications for the city of the governor's budget proposals assuming that much of it will be passed by the state legislature? You know, in order for me to answer that question, I'll be, I'll be completely honest. I don't have um, a political background, and I certainly don't have um, necessarily a budgeting background. I think for me in that position, it really comes down to um, listening to to what the budget issues are and really having an understanding of um, what's most important. I don't know that... Um, I know Denise is going to be able to answer that. She comes from the budget background. She's working in the community right now, and she's certainly going to be able to answer that question that you're looking for. I think for me, the one thing that I know is that I have, um, I don't have a learning curve really when it comes to things. I can take things on and I can run with them. I'm an all-in type of person, and so when it comes to the budget constraints, that's something that I'd have to learn, and I'd have to learn extremely quickly. Thank you. Do you need me to repeat it? I don't. Okay. I think I'm. I think I've got it. Um, well, number one, we don't know what's going to be passed. And within this budget, thankfully, um, municipalities were left pretty much alone. And so we're already hemmed in, you know, with uh, money that we can raise. I sit on Board of Estimates, which is the budget committee. I have a finance background. And so um, I'm painfully aware of the tight budgets that um, we 
we've negotiated in the past two years. And we will continue to have those issues of negotiating really tight budgets. And so when I look at um, what the state will further <laughs> do to municipalities, it's going to, I mean, if that happens, it's going to be a matter of understanding what your priorities are and what you have to do and tightening your belt. I mean, that's what it always comes down to when you're budgeting for anything. If it's a household budget, if it's the city budget, if it's a, a company budget, it's it's the same sorts of things. And there will be, it'll be painful. We're right now looking at the capital budget and doing a deep dive into that because we know what's in the capital budget is not sustainable. And so what are our priorities? And the council's wrestling with that right now. Okay, thank you. We will stay with you for the next question. Alrighty. The neighborhoods of your district... The are, neighborhoods? Yes. Okay. Uh, the neighborhoods of your district are not in the areas where development issues are often focused. How do you prioritize developments such as Judge Doyle Square, the public market, the Garver Feed Mill, and how do you see yourself representing your district in the discussion and votes on those developments? Okay. Well, I think that's a two-part question, actually, because there is development going on in my district, and there's development that's needed. You know, district lines are kind of arbitrary. I share lines with um, 15 and 3. So Cottage Grove Road is prime for development. In fact, there's a meeting coming up on that. But we've got Royster Corners on one end and Grandview Commons on the other. In between, we need development. Rolling Meadows Shopping Center is um, sorely in need of development. It's, a, it's our shopping street for that area of the city taking Stoughton Road out of the way, because that's more of a regional shopping area, but Cottage Grove Road should be our shopping street. So there's lots of room for development. Within my district, I have a huge industrial district, and right now there's development going on in there. So there's development going on in 16, and um, I'm paying really close attention to that because that's really good for my district. How I balance Judge Royal Square or Carver, and there was a third one, uh, third one was the public market. The public market. You know, it's it's good for your district, but the council needs to look at also what's good for the city, right? And Judge Doyle Square, those two blocks are prime development opportunities for the city. Um, when it was at uh, Board of Estimates last year and they wanted $55 million in TIF to do that, I'm the one that said, no, <laughs> bring us bring us something that we can we can really live with and we can deal with. And so it's you you look at it as a holistic as the whole city. And what does the city need? The city could use those two blocks developed. The city could use a public market. How much the city puts into it? Now that's another question, and that's what we have to wrestle with. Thank you. Do you need it repeated? That would be wonderful. Okay, some long questions. The neighborhoods of your district are not in the areas where development issues are often focused. How do you prioritize developments such as Judge Doyle Square, the public market, and the Garver Feed Mill, and how do you see yourself representing your district in the discussion and votes on these developments? Well, I will absolutely agree with Denise that we definitely have development happening in our district, in and around our district. Um, Talking about the lines that are blurred, I mean, that's 
every single thing that happens around District 16 is directly affecting our residents. Um, it refre reflects uh, the taxes in our district. It reflects absolutely um, the work in our district, the jobs that are available, it affects people directly. So when you talk about the businesses and the potential to go, whether it be the industrial area, whether it be Royster's Corners or Grandview Commons, that is a direct impact. I will say when we talk about um, projects like Judge Doyle Square, uh, I definitely think uh, there's a way to represent um, the position that you have in the Common Council being representative of our district, but also, as she said, as a city as a whole. I do think it's also important to take a look at, you know, some of these issues. And for me, you know, I, I sit and I look back and I read and I watch and I watch the Common Council, you know, sit and talk about Judge Doyle Square. I have a hard time figuring out how something can start and get all this momentum behind it and then stop and get all this momentum behind it and then stop. And I, I realize that there's a process for that, but I also realize that every time that happens, you know, it's stopping jobs, it's stopping union jobs, it's stopping people from getting put back to work, and it's stopping um, the construction from actually happening and things being built. And so um, I'd like to be an advocate for things moving forward. Thank you. We'll stay with you, Tiffany. Which one or two policy issues do you see yourself either having or gaining deeper knowledge about, and why will this focus be a benefit to your district's residents? You know, I think for me, I, I really would love, I don't know, you know, if you're familiar with District 16, I would love to get a better understanding on uh, the transportation in our area. I can tell you, for example, um, when I was, when my husband and I moved to the, the district, we don't have kids. We bought a, a beautiful home, and we really wanted to get involved in um, housing international students. And we had, we had an issue with having that opportunity because it actually, believe it or not, we're only about seven or eight miles from downtown. It takes an hour and 12 minutes um, to get from our neighborhood to downtown. And so we, we were actually prevented from from housing international students, um, whether it be through MATC or Wesley, specifically because of the transportation system. So that's one of the things I would love to focus on um, you know, should I get elected. Thank you. Do you need me to repeat? I don't. Um, there's so many things that we're already working on. I think what I would like to deepen is um, collaborative work around poverty specifically. I mean, there's so many aspects of poverty. It's the number one issue in the city that the city needs to really get its arms around. There's so much going on. But to really understand how it all comes together and where the gaps are, that's, that's the essence of it. There's work on housing. There's work on ready access to food and services. There's work on closing the education gap. There's work on jobs and job training. But how does that mean? What's the numbers how many jobs do we have to create? How many businesses do we have to, you know, um, support or bring in to have this done? That's the work that um, we, we really need to do, a comprehensive approach to the city. And that's where I'd like to spend more time. Thank you. At this time, you will each have one minute for a closing statement. Since we started with Denise at the beginning, I will let Tiffany give her closing statement first. 
I appreciate it. Thank you for having us tonight. As I said, I'm Tiffany Tobias. Um, I really hope to be elected to District 16. One of the things that I think I can add is that I I don't want to continue to say I. I don't think it's about I. I think one of the attributes that I bring to the table is that I am absolutely about we. I don't have the political background, and so for me, in order to make a decision, whether it be at a common council meeting or directly in my neighborhood, it comes down to what am I listening, what am I hearing, what are the facts. I can't make a decision, I can't vote on something unless I really understand wholeheartedly what the issue is. So I hope that we together can continue to make Madison the place that it is, and a wonderful community, the place that I love and that I plan to stay. Thank you. Denise? My turn. So I would like to say thank you for this opportunity to speak and to know our candidates. Um, you elected me into council two years ago. I hit the ground running. I, this is full time for me. I've been working extremely hard for two years on many, many different issues within the district and also um, citywide. I want to continue working. I've got a lot of work um, going on right now that I would like to um, push along and, and have some fruition on. And um, I will ask for your vote on April 7th. Thank you so much. Thank you both. Unfortunately, we are out of time. Thank you all for joining us. I'd like also to thank the viewers for watching and remind everyone that Election Day is Tuesday, April 7th. Please vote. If you like more information about voting procedures or obtaining a copy of the League's Candidates Answers publication, call the League office at 232-9447 or visit our website at lwvdanecounty.org. On behalf of Madison City Channel and the League of Women Voters, I want to thank you for joining us today. Good luck to both of you. Thank you. Thank you.